My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. If you've wanted yet feared to do work that is weird, this is the show you just need to hear. Everyone's got an Uncle Carl. You know, that half-distant family member that shows up every holiday with some crazy new conspiracy theory. Now, you only have to talk with Uncle Carl a few days a year, if you're lucky. But today's guest, Caitlin Hempstead, she talks with conspiracy theorists every single week. That's because Caitlin is the host of a podcast called Lizard People, where guests try to convince her of different conspiracy theories. In fact, you can hear me try to convince her that Bitcoin was created by a rogue artificial intelligence. It's totally true, and it's way insane. Today, Caitlin and I talk about how to get into the podcast game and how she plans on growing her show. I'm Sam Balter, and sorry, the earth is not flat. Now let's listen to them speak about their jobs, which are quite unique. Weird work. You have heard a ton of conspiracy theories at this point. Mm-hmm. What's the <laughs> we- <laughs> what is the weirdest conspiracy that you've heard? Oh, there's so many weird and wonderful ones. I think the one that springs to mind is that uh, animals are coming together all over the world to create a pan species uprising against human beings. Okay. Um, and and people who and I think a lot of the conspiracy theories we talk about seem to walk the line between people like pretending to believe and really believing on the internet and like ironically believing, but like sort of genuinely believing. And this is one of those ones. But I think people genuinely believe it and they cite all these examples of like a dolphin in Florida killed a toddler and like <laughs> bears are on the rampage in the Northwest. Did you so after after, after hearing that one were you, did you go into the kind of believing at camp? A little bit. <laughs> you know what always sways me is motivation. Like if they can prove that someone would have motivation to do this conspiracy theory and like hide it from the public. And that one it was like, yeah, we really do treat animals like crap. Like, yep, <laughs> that makes sense. I feel like personally, like the animals really missed like, if they were going to uprise against humans, they should have done it, like, hundreds of years ago. It's going to be tough. That's to- a great point. It's <laughs> too fucking late for you dolphins. Dude, like, dolphins, like, no way. We're go- we're going to be able to fight off a dolphin invasion, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe all the, the nuclear waste that's leaking into the oceans is making them stronger. We don't know. Oh, fuck that. A- anything suck. could be happening. <laughs> Are you scared now? I'm, Welcome I, to my world. Yeah, I know. I'm. Uh, do you get more scared from your show? 
Um, that's a great question that I've never thought about. I think so. I think it has changed the way I think a little bit from like, I used to be completely skeptical and I would see like crazy accusations in the newspaper of like, this scientist invented a new method of water storage. Then he died mysteriously six weeks later. And I used to like completely disregard it. And now I'm like, yeah, I, I buy that Nestle killed him. That <laughs> uh, there's some there's, you know, like I'm going to follow up on this instead of just completely dismissing it. So I don't know if I'm more scared, but I think I'm less skeptical than I used to be. So like all those like articles at the bottom of, you know, that are like the randomly like related <laughs> ones. Are you like clicking on all those all the time now? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, for professional reasons, I need to add to the list of conspiracy theories I want to do. Okay, so let's let's just let's just back it up a little bit. For people who have not heard your podcast, could you describe the show? Happy to. Uh, so I am a comedian, and I have lots of comedian friends, and so I force them to choose a conspiracy theory that they either actually believe in or sort of believe in. Uh, and then they come on and try to convince me that it's true. So I sort of play the scully to their molder, and they have an hour to convince me that the chupacabra is real or the mob killed JFK. Uh, and then at the end of the episode, I tell them if I'm convinced or not. I kind of rank the argument. So it's sort of a debate show. It's sometimes funny, and it's just a lot of uh, BSing. So gotta ask how did you come up with the name of your podcast <laughs> it is one of the few things in my life that did not take a lot of effort to come up with I was like what's the silliest conspiracy theory I know it's lizard people done and what is, what is that one just in case people don't know <laughs> the legendary lizard people uh conspiracy theory it is wonderful it is that most of the famous and wealthy people in the world who are pulling the strings and making the decisions are in fact alien lizards in human skin suits tricking us and anybody you can think of obama lady gaga uh, miley cyrus probably your next door neighbor is a <laughs> lizard person and then they're just doing various nefarious things. They want to sometimes people think they feed off of our fear and that's their food. And so they're sowing fear. Sometimes people think they want to be in control of the world to build a new reptilian paradise. It's all over the map. But I mean, I don't know if Lady, if Lady Gaga turned out to be a lizard person. I, I think I'd, I'd side with the lizard people. Honestly, <laughs> me too. I one wouldn't be surprised and two, I would be down. I like that they they reveal themselves and like, you know, a huge chunk of humanity would be like, oh, my God, this is awful. And then <laughs> other people would be like, you and me would be like, yeah, that seems fine. Like, that's great. Good to know there's more creatures in the world. And like, yeah. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, at least someone is taking charge of things because we sure can't do it. So how like percentage wise like how many times did the guest actually believe the conspiracy theories versus just trying to argue for them <laughs> great question it's it's a spectrum like all like all things in life um some people like really truly genuinely believe and are like no we just didn't land on the moon it doesn't make sense and some people completely disbelieve and pretend to but a lot of people are somewhere in the middle where they're like I, you know, like, the more I read about this, the more I'm kind of convinced. Like, I understand that it's silly, but I think I can make a good argument. 
I saw, I actually was thinking about your show uh, this morning because I saw an article about how the flat earthers were super pissed <laughs> about Elon Musk um, launching the Tesla <laughs> into space. They were. Yeah, they were like, oh my God, that's great. It was like all up in the air and they were like, fuck it. They think NASA could pull this shit on us. And now Elon's (laughs) trying to do it. I could do a better, you know, I could fake a better like going to space with a green screen. This is such bullshit. Oh my God. I bet they feel really betrayed because I feel like a lot of flat earthers are also sort of like libertarian, like hate the government people. And so they're probably like, Elon Musk, he's our guy. He's an inventor. He's a Ubermensch. Like he's an Ayn Rand type of hero. And now he's betrayed them by faking a space launch yeah i'm 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 deeply concerned with how all the flat earthers are now upset with elon musk (laughs) (laughs) you know what flat earthers my heart goes out to you like treat yourself do some self-care today (laughs) so you have like i mean you're dealing with some pretty complicated and weird stories that people have from the conspiracy theories like mm-hmm. and you and you make it very funny and light and interesting and like a good way to digest all that information so i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about like how you might describe your interview style i love like late night comedy talk shows and so i think i'm sort of trying to emulate that where like i do a lot of research so that i can riff and goof around um like i'll usually spend an hour or more researching for each episode and sort of like figuring out the details of the theory and who's involved uh and then i will and the other person is usually also very down to do their research which is awesome and then from there we can riff Um, so we don't take any of the conspiracy theories very seriously, but we research them as if they were real things. (laughs) You put in all the effort as if it's the most real thing out there. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) Because I like it. It's fun. It's easier than researching something that's real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the truth is terrible. That's the worst thing to research. Honestly, I think that's what it is. I see the appeal of conspiracy theories because they're an escape from our weird, shitty real worlds into a world that is weird and makes more sense and is more organized and like, yeah, there's evil powers that be like trying to keep us down. But at least it's not just like random chaos and misery. (laughs) Yeah, that would no one wants to hear that. It's much nicer to hear that it's like just the, the Illuminati at it again. (laughs) exactly that's exactly it it's so much more comforting (laughs) so before you got started on the podcast you're you were doing like improv and stand-up comedy yeah and then sort of what what brought you to transition into doing podcasting basically so the network that we're on what's a creative soon to be campfire uh, the the guy who founded it is a good friend of mine, and he was like, I'm trying to start this network, and I need a few podcasts. And I was like, oh, I could do a podcast. Sounds fun. So uh, we started recording, and he was doing all the editing. And now my dear, dear friend Alexis, who's sitting here with me, does all of the editing and producing and like making it actually listenable. Uh, <laughs> so I I've sort of had my hand held all the way through it. Uh, I never had to sort of fight to create it or like have to track down equipment. So what is like what does the network do? Like what does a podcast network do? 
<laughs> a few people have asked me that. Um, it does all the shit that you don't want to do when you just want to host a show. <laughs> it's all of the like, they get in touch with advertisers, like they um, often help with like finding people to come on the show. They like make sure that it sounds right and they do crossover stuff. The reason that we have listeners is because Lizard People was featured on the front page of iTunes. And uh, that was because the network reached out to Apple Podcasts and was like, hey, we have this new show. Would you like to feature it? Um, Yeah, they do all the not fun stuff. And then I just get to like sit down with people and have a fun conversation. I'm I'm fortunately in the same boat. I don't have to do any of the not fun stuff. Matt does Isn't all that the, the best. Not- oh my god, it's so good. The thing I feel bad about though is like people are like, Sam, you're doing such a great job with the podcast, and I'm like, I don't do anything. I just yeah, that's literally exactly how I feel. They're like, oh, it sounds great. And I'm like, oh, well, I wouldn't know because I know nothing about equipment, and that's completely Alexis. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm just a slob who lucked into a good thing. I know, I know. I just I just get on and I talk into the mic and that's great and I yes! have a great time. And then it's and then it's over and then the episode comes out and Matt like looks tired and broken. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, that was so fun. We let's do another one. We could do it forever. Uh, yeah, sometimes I'll text Alexis and she'll be like, it, you know, it's ten o'clock at night. And she's like, okay, I just have like two more podcasts to edit before your podcast. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> you poor angel. So if somebody like, so what was it like when you first started getting into podcasting? Like that first episode or maybe the first interview? Were you nervous? Were you comfortable? Like what? What was it for you? Ooh. I was nervous just because it was a new thing for me. I'd been a guest before, but I never had to, like hosting is such a unique thing because you have to like keep the conversation going, know when it's time to wrap up a joke, like uh, keep people on track or derail them, which is what I usually do. So I was a little (laughs) nervous about that and we hadn't really figured out the format yet. But I started the podcast assuming that no one would ever listen to it and it would be like six friends of mine would listen each week and that would be fine. (laughs) Um, So that took a lot of the weight off because it was like being like doing comedy and like wanting to be a writer and stuff. I feel like a lot of weight on a lot of the projects that I do. Like I got to finish this pilot if I'm going to be a serious writer. Yeah. And the podcast has never really had that weight. It's just been like a fun side thing. Uh, So nervous, but not afraid, I would say. And where where are you when you record these podcasts? Right now we are at Alexis's beautiful home in Echo Park. Los Angeles, California, uh, with her two cats walking around. Would you want to move to a studio? Or do you love just being in people's houses playing with cats? I think it's really fun being in people's houses. <laughs> I mean, my, like, Lizard People is such an unprofessional, like, <laughs> haphazard show that I think if we moved to the studio, it might feel a little more like, oh, I got to, like, really cross my T's and dot my I's and <laughs> got to make this, like, good and professional. Um, and as it is now, it just feels more like a fun conversation with friends at home and I'm I'm all right with that I mean if someone gave me a free studio I wouldn't I wouldn't sneeze at it but <laughs> come on it's the thing people say that is something people say it's very common it's very common you've now knocked out a bunch of lizard people episodes if you mm-hmm. could go back would you do anything differently with what you've learned about being a host now oh love that question um, 
Yes. I think that in early days, uh, when I listen back to early episodes, I cringe a little bit because I'm trying very hard to be funny and entertaining uh, and like put on a show. Um, and one of the big things I've learned is like, it's not about me, it's about the guest, like chill out a little bit uh, and let the let the conversation speak for itself, sort of like it is much more entertaining to listen to two people like having a genuine conversation than to listen to two people being like bits, bits, jokes. Ha ha. Um, so, yeah, I, I wish that I could have chilled out a little bit earlier. So if somebody if somebody is like getting into a podcast and they're like, I need some sage wisdom, you know, I'm thinking <laughs> about starting a podcast. What would you tell them? surround yourself with smart people who know what they're doing uh and then leech off of them (laughs) and also just like adjust your expectations so that you think no one will ever hear it and it will just be for fun but you act as if you will have seven seasons and a million listeners like make sure it's an idea that like can sustain for a long time Uh, And that you won't get sick of because I've seen a lot of friends whose podcasts have sort of withered because they're like, God, I'm just so sick of talking about this one topic every single week. On that kind of thread of talking about the same thing week after week, is it hard (laughs) to talk week after week about conspiracy theories? You would think it would be, but they are so crazy and there are so many of them and like the t- when I started, I was like, okay, we'll probably do like 30 episodes, maybe, because how many conspiracy theories are there? But there's so many things that like fall under the umbrella of conspiracy theories. Like somebody did all celebrities wear wigs and she brought in a bunch of pictures of celebrities with their hair looking way too perfect. And now I'm convinced they're always wearing wigs. They're always wearing like lace fronts. No celebrity is not wearing a wig. <laughs> Every female celebrity and most male. <laughs> I guess conspiracy theories are a little bit hard for me because, like, I love conspiracies. I love hearing them. I think they're fantastic. They're always hilarious. But, like— You had a great one. You you argued it beautifully. (laughs) Thank you. Mm -hmm. But, like, sometimes it's just, like, such a dark view of the world to me that, like— it's just there's, like, evil actors who are, like, seeming to be malicious for, like, no reason. And, and like, I would just wonder, like, that doesn't get you down at all? Or are you just, like, immune to it at this point? <laughs> Partially immune to it. Partially it's that, like, I made the decision pretty early on that we're never going to do the really fucked up ones. Um, we actually, there's, like, an episode that will never see the light of day with, like, an incredibly funny person, but it was about crisis actors, which is the conspiracy theory that's sort of, like, at places like... You know, at 9-11 and Sandy Hook, they hired actors oh. to portray It's Fucked Up, to portray, like, the families of victims of the school shooting. That's what's and his name, is, like, Alex Jones is, like, bigger than yeah. that one, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. he loves that shit because he's a monster. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that, I'll, I just, like, I listened back to that episode and was like, we can't put this out. It's, like, too sad and it's too cruel to the families to, like even give that any credence on the air. So I think part of the way that we avoid like going too dark is like, I just don't do those ones. Like we'll never do 9-11 unless somebody has like a spin on it that isn't disrespectful to victims. Like 
Sometimes you just have to be like, nah, that's fucked up. <laughs> like that's not just not, it. that's not me. Earth is hollow. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all day, every day. The Illuminati are the reason that we don't have, uh, you know, a cure for death. Sure. Fine. Whatever. Oh, do they have it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they definitely do. Oh, we don't have to die, man. None of fa- the, why do you think Keanu Reeves looks like that painting of a vampire, man? <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, there are, like, to your point, there totally are ones that are like, God, it's so depressing to think that, like, ooh, the FDA has the cure for cancer, but they won't give it to us because of money. And it's like, yeah, that that absolutely is a bummer. But I think that, like, there's a way to treat it with a light hand and some jokes that make it less scary. I think it is like a lot of the true crime shows where it's like, let's look at this dark thing and goof around and, like, make it less scary. Why do you think people like shows like conspiracy theories and like true crime shows like that? Like what attracts people to listening to your show? I think that we think that if we look straight into the abyss, it will be less dark. Like I think there are a lot of people who are obsessed with like cults and true crime and also conspiracy theories because like – It's like, I would rather confront this darkness and laugh about it than have it just creeping around the edges of our worlds. And I don't blame them. I hate true crime. It makes me much too scared and sad. But I think I understand the appeal. (laughs) You don't like, you don't like, I thought you would love true crime stuff. It would totally make sense. And like, there are like, especially podcasts, like I listen to my favorite murder because they're just like so funny and charming, but I just get too bummed. It's just like, it's real people who really died and their parents are so sad. (laughs) So let's not talk about true crime. (laughs) No, no, it's okay. I'll cry. I'll cry on air. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So like, What's been your experience in in having lizard people as like an actual business versus maybe just kind of a side project or something you do for fun? I think like so many creative endeavors, when money comes into the picture, you do sort of have to like figure out how you're going to deal with it. Because at one point I was, uh, I did like turn down an advertiser recently because I was like, I just like... Uh, I don't feel like I can condone this thing like it's I'm glad that people enjoy it but like I just can't earnestly like go onto the podcast and be like I love this thing so there are like tricky decisions like that Um, but for podcasting for the most part it's been pretty easy because like I said the network like finds advertisers and the advertisers we have I like genuinely like them and I like their money which is great um (laughs) and the way that we have it set up right now um is that we also have a patreon which is where you can like you basically subscribe to someone's creative endeavor so you say like I will give you five bucks a month for this like free thing to support this artist uh so people contribute to that Uh yeah I mean it's it's really cool I mean it's it's sort of like a repeating GoFundMe. So like a bunch of our contributors give like $2 a month, which is very awesome and generous. And it's nice for podcasts because podcasts are free. And before we had advertisers, we were like losing 200 bucks a month on it. Um, yeah. For like various like hosting and whatever, uh, like like servers. Um, so Patreon is just a way to sort of like fill in the gaps uh, and the way the business works is that I take that money and put it right back to the podcast. So like paying 
the producer or like uh should we need like equipment stuff like I'll I'll kick in for that and then ad money goes to the network and to me so that someday this can be my main job ideally and like what's the split of Patreon versus advertisers in terms of the money that's coming into the show <laughs> Patreon is teensy compared to advertisers uh I think we are at like I shouldn't say teensy. It's awesome. We're at like <laughs> 75 bucks a month for Patreon. Nice. And I don't, uh, I don't actually know what we are making per month from advertisers because it's, it's a thing that the network is handling because I'm very scared of money and bad at it. Sometimes I feel like the network is my 1950s husband and I am <laughs> like the housewife who's just like, I don't know anything about the bills. Like he takes care of it. Um, <laughs> what <laughs> it's it's like a it's a nice situation and like one that you rarely get to be in as like an artist or a comedian where you're sort of like I don't really have to think about the money like it's a like I have another person who is helping me handle that stuff so I can just think about like doing a good job when did you start getting ads on the show it was about a year in um and I from what I understand the way that it works is like most of the people that you hear advertising on podcasts have a minimum number of subscribers that they want you to have. So it'll be like, we can't work with anybody who has under like 12,000 listens per episode or whatever. Okay. So I think for podcasts, you kind of have to work your way up to that point where you seem like a good investment for a company and then they will uh, reach out to you and start doing ads. Like how? Because there is like a million bazillion podcast out there how did you grow lizard people and have people find it to the point where you could have advertisers yeah uh the apple podcast promotion helped a ton and i think when we were like six months in and had a good chunk of episodes and had like our artwork all figured out and knew how to promote the show we reached out to apple podcasts and a ton of people found us through that I'm also lucky that Lizard People is kind of a in a weird niche of there were podcasts about conspiracy theories, but a lot of them were Alex Jonesy like open your eyes, sheeple. Uh, <laughs> and then there are obviously like infinite comedy podcasts, but none of them dealt with this exact thing. Uh, so I think like people who are casually humorously interested in conspiracy theories, they're wasn't really a podcast before ours <laughs> you captured that niche group of people who wanted comedy and conspiracy <laughs> theories that's like the magic of the internet yeah totally like who knew that there was like a niche like segment of the market of people who wanted to like hear about weird jobs in a friendly interview like <laughs> but they're there i know it's it's so it's so fun why do you think podcasts are a good space for advertisers? I think that a big part of it, honestly, is that the person who does the podcast reads the ad. So, like, I will read ads and I have so much freedom in, like, what I want to say. Like, most advertisers are like, here's the bare bones. Like, make sure you mention the code and the discount and, like, what they're getting and do whatever you want. So... When you hear a podcast ad, like there are shows that I love, podcasts that I listen to where like I will always listen to the ads because the person who hosts it is funny and it feels like listening to a friend make you a recommendation. 
And like, I know that <laughs> there's definitely some podcasts I listen to where I'm like, God, you hate this. I'm so sorry. You have to be reading that ad. <laughs> so like there, there are podcasts where I'll skip through it. But a lot of them, it's like, I, I think that people who do podcasts are like, oh my God, someone is paying me to do the thing I love. Yes, of course I'll read an ad. I love it. Great. Hold up. Let's take a break. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I really dig a good turnaround story. Like the hit Disney movie, Brink, Team Pup and Suds versus X-Blades, or the Mighty Ducks and Team Iceland. As you can tell, all my sports references are from Disney movies. So I'm so excited to tell you about The Grow Show. It's a podcast made by the same people who make this show, and their newest season is all about turnarounds. Listen to how a once-famous brewery gets back to its roots, or how a grocery store chain lost all of its employees and its customers in one day, plus a lot more. You can find The Grow Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get podcasts. I don't have time to list all the places, but wherever you're listening, hey, The Grow Show's on there. Okay, let's get back to the show. Team Bubba Zuds! You're loving lizard people. It's a great podcast. If you you could get into other mediums, would you? Like if you could do a TV special or a mini series or a movie, would you like, would you want to do that? Or would you always want to stay as a podcast? I would absolutely love to do it as a TV series. And I am, I, I wrote a like lizard people pilot, um, like a, it's just sort of like, hey, TV people, wouldn't it be cool if you took this audience that we already have and make it a TV show? Um, we've also talked a lot about like doing live shows, which I really would like to do. I don't know what the format would be because I feel like a one-on-one thing might not be that exciting live. You could have like a bunch of guests. You could have like a theme of conspiracy theories. Ooh, that would be fun. Or like a panel and then like let's put it to the panel or something. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, you get a whole panel of people and it'd be like, or like <laughs> Illuminati night and all you talk about is what the <laughs> Illuminati's up to or like, you know, Ugh. U.S. government conspiracies and then go like do that in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Holy shit, that's a great idea. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> I love it. Like, I that would be fucking sick. Like, how if you worked in D.C., <laughs> how would you not go out and see that show? Like, all the evil shit there. (laughs) (laughs) Especially because they probably get, like, emails from crazy people and people showing up at the offices being like, I know you're Illuminati. And then, like, they'd finally get to, like, giggle about it. (laughs) So if you did have a lizard people show, would you, like, get a co-host? Would you be it? Would you, like, want somebody else doing it? Oh, man. It's so hard. It's like, you probably have the same thing. Like, it, this... Podcasts, especially like this is my baby. Like I book people to be on it. I like help pick the conspiracy theories. It would be so hard to let go of it and have like someone else hosting it. So I I, I think that as narcissistic as it is, I would I would have to still be the host. But a co-host would be very tight. And maybe somebody who's like more of a believer and more inclined to not be skeptical about things. Or maybe I could get like one person on either side of sort of like someone who always believes, someone who never believes, and then me in the middle. 
Like you could have like a scientist, you know, who's like all like super realistic and everything like that. And he could be or she could be a person. And then you could have somebody who's like into, you know, every conspiracy theory possible. Exactly. And like lives on a commune. And like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then they can really fight each other and I can just eat popcorn and watch. Yeah, I'd watch that show. I'd watch you eat popcorn while two people (laughs) argue. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, I'll do it. That's that's one viewer. That would be great. <laughs> that's all we need. You'll tell people. They'll tell people. Hollywood. One at a time. <laughs> you just need one. Just one good just listener. Just need one. I just want to say, like, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was so much fun to talk about podcasting. Yeah, totally. Thank you for doing Lizard People. It was super fun. We'd like to thank Caitlin, Alex Preston, Ryan Middledorf, and the rest of the folks over at Campfire Media. Be sure to check out Caitlin's podcast, Lizard People. I'll be on there, and I'm basically your favorite person. But prepare yourself. I'm going to crack your whole understanding of this world wide open. Okay, vague threats aside, do you dig weird work? Then subscribe to the show. I mean, I guess there's no rush but it warms my producer's cold, black heart when you do. And hey, if you know someone who should be on the show, send them our way. You can send us a note at hello at weirdworkpodcast.com or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Weird Work. As always, I'm your host, Sam Balter, and stay weird, you Bitcoin-creating alien lizard people. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.